should we shake hands tonight? Are we all settled? We're all settled. We're good then. We're settled. I thought I'd make y'all get up and shake hands a little bit, but y'all look like y'all are so comfortable. Y'all don't need to get up and shake hands. Amen. But before you leave tonight, tell two or three people you love them and you appreciate them. It's good to see them here. And uh, make sure. I want to just uh, try to be an encouragement to you tonight. Would you open your precious Bible tonight to the book of 2 Kings? I shared a little thought during the prayer breakfast on this past Saturday. And um, I want to I just talk about that a little bit more. 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings in the Old Testament. 2 Kings chapter 6, the historical book. You know, the first five books of the Bible is the Pentateuch. And then we have, of course, the historical books of the Bible. And uh, 2 Kings... Of course, we have First, uh, Second Samuel, First, Second Kings, First, Second Chronicles, uh, that uh, obviously uh, give the history of the kings of Israel. And right here in chapter six, we are talking about a very powerful man. We know him to be Elisha. He uh, came after Elijah. Uh, he was a Elisha was a protege of power. He was a prophet of miracles. Uh, He was a voice of truth to kings and peasants alike during his day. And uh, he was no doubt, uh, Elisha was the the absolute man of God, um, and he had a mantle to prove it. And uh, he prayed for a double portion of Elijah's spirit, and by the way, he got it. Uh, He was able to see a double portion of miracles in his life than what the man of God Elijah did. So we can say a lot, but tonight I want to just focus in on one little thought. Let's begin reading in verse number 8 of 2 Kings chapter 6. And the Bible says, Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of, and saved himself there, not once, not twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said unto them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel. Telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God, notice this, was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city both with horses and chariots, and his servants said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And I want you to notice, because this is the message. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. 
And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Pretty powerful thing, isn't it? So here this great host, this great army came to take care of the man of God, Elisha. And of course, they know, we know that they were the enemies of Israel. They were trying to um, take the king. And so Elisha thwarts all of this. So the king of Syria says, look, what's going on here? Well, they're told, well, Elisha's ratted you out. He's the prophet of God. He's, t- he's telling them everything. God's giving him wisdom. He's, he's giving him wisdom. He knows things. And so he's the one. So they went down to Dothan to take care of the man of God. So he sent this great, massive army to Dothan. And when this servant got up, just this lowly servant, someone that just served Elisha, got up and seen this great host, it scared him to death. And by the way, it would all of us too. Because here he looked up and on all the mountains and all the ridges and all the area, they were surrounded by this great host of chariots and, and horses and, and these fighting, this fighting force. And so no doubt, he was scared. He even asked Elisha, what are we going to do? And I love how Elisha answered. Now this guy probably thought he was crazy. He says, well, uh, hold on just a minute. He said, let me just tell you this. Uh, we got more with us than they got with them. And here's the funny moment. Could you imagine that servant's looking around and saying, well, I only count a few here. What you, what you talking about, Willis? What you talking about, Elisha? What are you saying? There's more with us. I mean, it's just a few of us here. Do you have somebody hiding somewhere? Do you have a secret weapon somewhere? Because I'm looking around. It just looks like, look, you and me. And there's a whole host of an army getting ready to come down here and take you. He said, no, don't fear. He said, because there's more with us than there is with it. Now, here's why. Elisha had something this young man didn't have. He had a vision. He had wisdom. His eyes had been opened. Now, he, look, we know that Elisha was a special man. We know that God answered his request in divine fashion, gave him a double, sport, a double spirit, double portion of the spirit. Look, he raised the dead. Hey, he made ox uh, heads float. We just read that right here in the beginning of chapter 6. I mean, have you tried to make an ox head float recently? Hey, think about that. Uh, he, he, uh, we know that on... He purified water with salt. Uh, We know that on many occasions he saved uh, the nation of Israel, the people of Israel. Uh, He saved them from political defeat. And now, here's what he does. He does two things here. Number one, and I want to talk about the first one. I'll talk to you about the latter. But in verse 18, he he prays a prayer and a miracle takes place because they blind all the Syrians, all the king. They can't even fight. So God took care of the army through the prayer of Elijah, but before Elisha. But before he prayed that prayer, he prayed another prayer. And this is what I want to focus in on tonight. I want you to notice the prayer in verse 17. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots round about Elisha. Now here's what's amazing. Here we go. We find these Syrians threatened to invade Israel. And he had this massive army. And Elisha's servant saw this 
massive legion of army. He over, was overcome with fear. But quickly, Elisha consoled him and prayed and said, Lord, I need you to open his eyes. And exactly what God did, he opened his eyes. Now listen, here's the spiritual application. We need to be people praying the same prayer about people that we know, people that are lost, people that have no desire for God, we need to start praying, God, open their eyes that they will see what they need to see. See, the average person lost in their sin, they don't see like we see. They don't, they don't think the spiritual life. They don't think Christianity. They don't think the power of God is necessary. They're not interested in the things of God. But do you know what can open up a man or a woman's eyes? Is if we will pray. Elijah prayed. Listen, even as natural blindness has no cure outside of God's strength. Listen, so it is with spiritual sight. We walk around and we wonder why, why, why lost people do what they do. I'm going to tell you what they do, what they, why they do what they do. They don't know any better. They don't know any better. They don't see like we see. We wonder why. All right, well, why am I driving out of my driveway uh, on Sunday morning in the spring or the summer and I'm coming to church and there's other neighbors in my uh, neighborhood uh, washing their car or, or riding their lawnmower or cutting their grass. And I'm not saying anything's wrong with cutting grass. I do my share of that. And I can't really work much on a car. There's nothing wrong with all of those things. But I want you to know, why would they do that and I'm coming here? Because they don't see like I see. They're spiritually blind to the things of God. To most people that are lost, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be shocked that they have no desire for the things of God. Why? Because they just simply don't see. Their, their mind has not been opened. But what a powerful thing when God puts somebody on your heart to really start praying, God, open their eyes. Let them see spiritually. Think about it. Prayer is the prescription for a holy enlightenment. Now listen, not everybody wants to hear a preacher. Not everybody wants to be preached to. Um, and we need to watch this. Now, I, I, I told you this. This is very rare. But on Sunday morning, rare things happened. I thought it was interesting Sunday. A man came to the church. I thought he was coming here to the service to visit. And then another couple came in. And one had been here. They'd been from Texas for four days. She was here. And, and, and a young man lives here in the, in, the, in the valley. And she was from Texas. I don't know how they've gotten together. But they came to church. They visited for the first time on Sunday morning. But at the same time, there was a gentleman that walked in the door. And, and I went over to greet him. And he said, well, I'm not here to come to church here. He said, I'm looking for a church of God. Now, I've never in my life. And I'm not talking about it, but I've never in my life seen anything like somebody come to the church service and they don't come to yours. They're, look, they're asking you to tell. Now look, I had a captive audience there. Honestly, I said, well look, this guy walked in my door. I'd have hit him right here behind. I mean, I just tried to just get him right here behind the door and just preach the fire out of him. But I'm going to be honest with you, I had a little bit better sense than that because you know what? I thought, look, if I'm kind to this guy and he realized that we got some, you know, we got a heart around here. We're not just going to get him in here and preach to him and tell him how wrong he is for going somewhere else and just putting a bad taste in his mouth. I don't know. He might just come back. 
See, sometimes what we do, we think we want to tell somebody what they need to do. What we need to do is we need to be praying to God to open their eyes. Sometimes we're more of a deterrent than we are. But I say, well, I'll tell you what, I'll just tell them what I think. No, why don't you get to God and get them and say, God, won't you open their eyes? So they'll see. See, I've got some people in my heart and mind right now. I can't mention them in this, in this congregation. It's too large. But there's people right here in the valley that through circumstances in the last few months, health or whatever, I was able to talk to them about their spirit, about their spiritual life. And they've not been interested at all. I mean, they've not been interested at all in the spiritual things. But see, a lot of times when someone uh, takes sick or someone gets scared with their health, it gives you an opportunity to talk to people. It opens them up that they're willing. Normally, they're, they're hard to talk to. They don't want to have anything to do with talking about the Lord. But when someone gets sick, someone might be very scared of dying. They start to talk about the Lord. And through this opportunity in the last couple of months, I've been able to do that. And you know what I've been doing for these folks? I've been praying, God, open their eyes. Open their eyes. Yes, we can encourage people. Yes, we ought to give people a call. Yes, we ought to give out a call. Maybe we ought to give out a text. Maybe we ought to get a burden for people. And I'm not taking any of that away. But I'm going to tell you something. We need to pray like Elisha prayed during this time. And this boy needed to see some things. And when Elisha prayed and said, God, let him see, God let him see. Look, lost people need to see. People that are away from God needs to see again. You ever heard me make this statement? I just wish they would get it. Y'all ever heard that? Well, that's exactly what Elisha prayed that this boy would get it. This boy said, look. Elisha, I'm looking around. I see all of these things. I see all of this army. We're in trouble. And Elisha looked at him and says, No, we're not in trouble. There's more with us than they are with them. What? Oh, yes. Lord, I need you to open his eyes so he can have spiritual sight. Bam. All of a sudden, he's seen this heavenly host encamped around Elisha. And pretty soon he says, Man, he's right. There is a whole lot more with us than them. Why? Because God opened up his eyes. I think during this new year, I think that ought to be one of our new prayer. We ought to be praying for somebody. We ought to have somebody on our hearts and our minds. We ought to be praying and asking God. Because here's what we say. Lord, I just wish they would get it. Well, then ask God to open their eyes. To see what they need to see. Think about it. We need to be praying. Look, there's no greater act of kindness is bestowed upon a soul of a human being than when another person or another soul beseeches heaven for the impartation of wisdom and understanding. That's what he did there. He was able to see. Now, can I ask y'all a question tonight? Y'all remember the day y'all got saved and y'all remember when your eyes was open and you've seen everything different than what you used to see? Well, there's people all around us they need to get it. They need to have their spiritual eyes open. We can't open them. God has to open it. But I'm going to tell you what we learned from this passage. There is a beautiful power in prayer that we can be a part of that process in someone's life by saying, Lord, please open their eyes. By the way, I'm going to give you a little bit list like I gave the men. I didn't give, I gave names there. I'm not going to give names here. But I want you to think through the history of this church just in the last 14 years. I want you to think and just go down the aisles and if you'll use your mind's eye, you'll start putting some faces that used to come. They're no longer interested. I'd like for you to think about maybe someone in your community 
Maybe someone that maybe uh, came a long, long time ago and they're just not interested in the things of God. Maybe somebody's done got back out into the world. Their eyes have been blinded again. And you know what this church ought to be doing? We ought to be making mental notes of them. We ought to be writing them down on paper. And we ought to be praying, God, would you open their eyes? I've got several on my heart and mind right now. I mentioned a whole list. And when I opened that up for the prayer breakfast, it amazed me. In a matter of five minutes, I don't know, we probably had 20 or 25 people that used to come here. They're not going anywhere. And their life is totally different than what it was. And so what do you ask what are you asking, Pastor? Why don't we take this principle and ask the Lord, just like He did, Lord, open His eyes that they may see. Spiritual discernment. Spiritual discernment. I want to give you a few things. Four things quickly. You say, Pastor, you've never given four things quickly. We all hold tight. Four things we learn about this prayer. That they might see this prayer. We have an opportunity to pray. Number one, there is a spiritual activity going on in this world. And we can't see it. Now, I'm not trying to scare you tonight, but if we could see the spiritual warfare that's going on in this building tonight, I'm going to tell you all, we'd all be scared to death. I'm telling you. There is a spiritual activity going on. And we have this idea of thinking, oh, I'll tell you what, when we go places, all angels are hovering around us. And I want to tell you all right now, there are evil spirits very much as alive and real as angels are. The Bible says the angel is like a roaring, or a, the devil, Satan, is like a roaring lion a seeking whom he may devour. He's going to and fro in this world. I want you to know something. They're active. Now listen, this boy couldn't see, but that didn't mean that it wasn't real. What happened there was God opened his eyes and he could see the spiritual forces, the spiritual reality that his natural eye could not see. So I want you to know something when we think about this spiritual activity that's going on in this world. It is going on in this world. I want to tell you something right now. There's a lot of spiritual activity going on up in Washington, D.C., I want you all to know something tonight. The Bible says that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against spiritual powers and wicked, wickedness in high places. But I want you to know something. They can take upon forms of flesh. There is a spiritual warfare going on. This is a part of ministry people don't like to talk about. This is a part of ministry that most church members have no clue about at 2 o'clock in the morning. And why we believe that a pastor is an under-shepherd. Because I want to tell you all something. Not all wolves look like wolves. A lot of wolves come in like sheep. But their desire is they're implanted by Satan himself. Demonic forces. And there's nothing greater than they would love to destroy the church. And the work of the church. And ministry of the church. And you've got to have some seers. You've got to have some people that have some spiritual eyes that can notice these things and notice these things and know these things. And by the way, if you have a shepherd that don't, can't protect his people, then he ain't worth much. But see, that's something that nobody wants to talk about. Oh, 
well, pastor, I don't know why so-and-so left. Well, sometimes they have to leave. But see, this is something we don't always want to talk about. Oh, well, pastor, what did you do? Run them off? No, they run themselves off. They's causing problems. They were they were trying to they were wolves. And by the way, you you this is stuff people don't like to talk about, but it's true. It happens I, uh, through the fourteen years here. By the way, they've walked in here. They've been here. Some of them's been here longer than I thought they would be before they got found out. But I want you to know something. Uh, uh, this is, there is a real live spiritual warfare and activity that's taking place. And here's the second thing about that. And this natural sight of man cannot see nor understand the spiritual realities of God at times. That's the second point. The natural sight of man cannot see nor understand the spiritual realities of God. The natural sight of this boy, he couldn't see what really he needed to see. Elisha knew it. Elisha seen it. So he said, God, I need you to open his eyes so he can see it. And do you know why people stay lost? Because they're blind. They don't see the spiritual reality that they need to see. They don't believe that there's a real literal hell. They don't believe that they are blinded. They are soaking up everything the world tells them. And they're blinded to that. So for you to come and tell them something different, they think you're a fool. But the difference is, is when God opens their eyes, God opens their understanding, the next thing you know, you're the best thing since sliced bread. Do you know the difference between a hero and a zero? And by the way, I've been both. If you're a preacher, you know what it means to be hero and zero. And that can happen very quickly. Hey, I'm being honest now. I've had people come up right up here in the front. Oh, I just want to tell you, that was the greatest message in the world. Oh, my goodness, that was a lot. Oh, my goodness, that was great. That was wonderful. And I'm telling you right now, two weeks later, because my message hit a little too close, I'm telling you right now, I wasn't no hero anymore. He wouldn't have put me out if I was on fire. You say, what's the difference? Now, wait a minute. I know I'm, I can change, but the Bible don't change. And here's what's what I'm talking about. The difference in that was spiritual discernment. The message is the same. When the Word of God is given, we either line up or we don't like it. And what happens a lot of times, <laughs> here was the difference. The difference was he didn't mind me getting on everybody else. But he kind of, here's what he said, too close, Rev. Now what's the difference? And by the way, I don't like when somebody gets too close to me, but here's the, what I'm talking about, spiritual discernment. Something happened with that person's spiritual discernment. If I thought that was great two weeks ago, and it's the same message, then why do I not think it's great two weeks later? I'm going to tell you why. My eyes got blinded to something. I didn't see something like I should see it. Maybe it was because the way I was living. Maybe it was the choices I was making. But the truth is, here's what I'm saying. The natural sight of man cannot see nor understand the spiritual realities of God. Again, we go back to someone that's lost. He can't see like you. He can't. He's never going to see like you. Because the Bible says he's blinded to the truth. So for him to see like you and to, and to understand things like us, 
He's never going to do it because he's spiritually blind. So what's the prescription? We need to start praying to the God of heaven that can open up that spiritual blindness. Elisha did it. I want to ask y'all, here's my plea for this beginning of new year. I would like for every person in this church, every person here tonight, to get you a list of people. And by the way, if you've been here a long period of time at all, you don't have to, it won't take you long. Brother Larry, you was there at the prayer breakfast. We, we was, Brother Palmer, we was there. It wasn't five minutes. We had 20-some people listed just like that. Just from here. People that used to be here and now they're not here anymore. And I'm not saying they're wrong just because they're not here. I'm talking about their life is different. They're not living for the Lord in complete, total opposite of what they used to be. What happened? They've got blinded again. What needs to happen? God needs to open their eyes. And we need to be the people praying. And so my plea in this message is for you to get a burden for somebody, maybe a group of people. And again, I'm talking about in the church, people that we could help, people that would get their eyes open and say, you know what, I used to think these people coming to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night was Wednesday, was crazy. But now their eyes are open and now they're crazy too. What has to happen? Your eyes has to be open. For y'all to be here tonight, your eyes have been opened. No doubt. So this is a beautiful act of kindness to pray and ask God to open the eyes of blind people spiritually. So can I say there is spiritual activity going on in the world. Number two, the natural sight of man cannot see this activity. They don't understand it with natural sight. But number three... Praying for others to know or to see the power of God, listen to me, I chose these words very carefully, is essential for their spiritual well-being. It's essential. For people's eyes to be opened, it is essential in the Christian life. It's essential. Let me just say this. No one is ever going to get right with God and no one is ever going to get saved unless their eyes is open to their need of salvation. Never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Unless they realize and see that they stand in need of... I don't care how eloquent you are. I don't care how many tear-jerking illustrations. I don't care. Listen to me. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. I'll give you this little... I've told it before, but I was at Dial America Marketing Company, and everybody about there that worked was crown students, and there was this boy, he was from up in Chicago, I, I can still see his face right now, he had red hair, I mean, I mean, you could see him coming a thousand miles away. But not only did he have red hair, he was so flamboyant, I mean, he was just, if he thought it, he said it, and he wasn't a Christian, so he was very interested in all of the crown students and he was always getting us aside and I was one of the managers so he didn't talk to me a whole lot but he was talking and finally one day he worked for me and I finally said you know what I'm going to take this boy and I'm being honest I'm going to take this boy back here in this room and I'm going to lead him to the Lord and I'm going to tell you all right now I, I walked out of there I walked out of there as about as high. if I would have walked out of there in there like I walked out I'd have been a whole lot better if I'd have walked in like I walked out, I'd have been a whole lot better. Because I said, I'm going to go in here and lead this boy to the Lord. Well, you should have watched me walk out. 
That old boy ripped me up and chewed me out, man. I mean, I he he was just, he asked questions. He but you know what? Here here's the thing. He wasn't ready. He, I did not one time say, Lord, would you open up his eyes, make him ready to hear the truth? No, I just went in and said, I'll tell you right now, you're gonna listen to me, boy. And you know what? He didn't accept Christ. You said, well, Pastor, why not? Because I'm going to tell you why. His eyes wasn't opened. He had no desire. No, he had no desire that he thought he needed anything by the power of God or the will of God. And so let me just say, here's what's powerful about it. We have to pray for others to know or to see. It's essential for them. We can talk to them. We can, we can make them feel bad. We can preach to them. And by the way, I think we should preach to people. I think we should share with people. I think we should talk to people. But all of that should be done after we've prayed that God would open their eyes. Y'all understand what I'm saying? We always want to run right to that other stuff. Well, I'll tell you right now, I'll tell him. Or I'll do this, or I'll tell him, or if I can tell him this, or if I can get a little jab in here, if I can put a little poke in here. No, before we put a jab, before we put a poke, before we tell them how much we know about the Bible, how about we pray and actually ask God to open their eyes that they actually desire to hear it. I asked that couple that came Sunday. I, you know, I try not to be too nosy, but you try to find out all you can. And you try to do it in a way that, you know, you're not like being. And so it was. I was curious. I said, so you're from Texas? She said, yes. I've only been here four days. And then I looked at him and I said, and you've been here all your life. He said, yes. And so I said, well, can I just ask if you've been here all your life, who wanted to come to church? And she answered and said, both of us. I said, well, that's great. Well, then I could just tell that I said, so I, I said, do you hunt? He said, oh, yeah, I hunt. So I connected with him. I took him over to my office. I showed him my stuff in my office. And, uh, but, but I said, this is why I asked this question. So I was like, now, wait a minute. But then I, I found out more. Actually, people in our church had invited him to come. But here's what I was sitting there thinking. I was looking at that young couple. There's a reason they're here. I was texted something the other day, and I'll be very careful, but I was texted something the other day by somebody in our church that said, hey, so-and-so just said it was heavy on their heart to come to church. This is what I'm talking about. This is the kind of stuff that has to happen. God has to put a desire. He has to open their eyes. I've learned this. When people get to that place, they'll be here. That's why you might be witnessing somebody, you might talk to somebody about the Lord, and they might not ever, you might not ever think you've done a thing, but listen to me. They know who you are, they know where you're at. And you never know within a year's time of that, they might come into some tragic thing in their life, and they'll remember your kind word, they'll remember what you've said, and you know what, they'll find their way here. I preached a funeral, it was Tim Fowler's funeral, I'll never forget it, before I got back to my truck, at the graveside, I had three different people stop me. Three. That was from the grave to my truck. Three. A young man, actually, Scotty, you've hunted with him. He stopped me. And then an older couple stopped me. And then a middle-aged couple. And one stopped. They were driving in the truck. I was almost at my truck. They stopped, rolled their window down, and asked about our church. and said, well, we just want you to know, we're going to come to church. 
She said, that was one of the most powerful funerals I've ever been in. She said, we want to come to your church. I said, I gave her a try. And you know what? To that time till now, they've not been here. They've not. You said, Pastor, are you discouraged? No, they know where we are. And you know what normally could happen? Something could happen in their life and me and you, we'll never know about it. But because they were introduced or maybe heard something there that spoke to their heart, they didn't need it at the time. They thought they needed it, but some tragic thing that happened in their life between now and another year. And I'm going to tell you right now, that track, they'll see it a whole lot different then than now. God, would you open his eyes? God, would you open his eyes that he might see? Oh, God, would you open their eyes that they might see? Oh, God, would you open their eyes that they might see? See, people think we're crazy. And by the way, we give them a lot of reason to think we are. When we talk about the spiritual life, it's real, isn't it? So praying for others to know or to see the power of God, the reality of God, the spiritual things, listen to me, it is essential for them. So I hope and pray, there's the plea. Don't miss it. If you miss anything else, don't miss that. I'm asking you to start pleading, start praying for God to open up. And take this as your passage. And he answered, fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. How'd you know that, Elisha? Elisha could see. This boy couldn't see. And Elisha prayed and said, and it's just a very short prayer. He's not waxing eloquent in this prayer. He isn't going, oh, God of heaven. No, look what he said. Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he might see. A simple. Now, how many of you know someone tonight that prayer needs to be prayed for them? Pray it. Lord, open their eyes that they might see. It's simple. It's quick. But let's do it fervently. Let's do it continuously. Get you a list of people. Write their names down. And start praying this prayer over them. Lord, would you open their eyes? Quickly as I close, think about it. Praying for others to know or see the power of God is essential. But the fourth one, the goal for spiritual enlightenment, for them to see is for God to, to do something in their life. Number one, if they are to see, what is the goal of that? If they're really going to get it and see it, you know what? The first thing they really need to do, the goal of being able to see, is to obey. It doesn't do any good for them to see and to understand and then not do it. So we're praying that they'll see that they will obey. And then the second thing, that they'll trust. This boy had to trust. Uh, listen to me. The Lord wants to be trusted. So if... Our eyes get open and we see the Lord for who He is and we see the power of God and we see the spiritual realities. God's letting us see those things that we'll obey Him and that we will trust Him. And then lastly, we know if He's going to open up our eyes, the goal of opening up our eyes is for us to not only to see Him, to believe Him, to obey Him, to trust Him, but also here to glorify Him. Do you know what's amazing when someone's eyes is opened? A lot of times there's great stories behind that. There's great stories behind that. I get amazed how someone got saved. There was a man that came and visited our church just a few days ago. Well, he's been here twice. He's from up on Mont Eagle Mountain. And I've talked with him a couple of times. And, and he was here just, it was right around Christmas. And he sat down with me back there and he said, you know how I got saved? I said, how? He said, a track. 
He said, I got saved at a restaurant because I read a track in a restaurant and I got saved. Now, anybody that don't think tracks work, they track. Ask Scat Man. They work. But that, you know, when I heard that, I thought, man, that's, that, that is a, that's an amazing story. But then I was at Crown College and a man that I went to school there, he happened to be from West Virginia. He went to a McDonald's one day. His life was in a mess. He went to McDonald's one day and just sat down at a table to eat breakfast and there was a track there and he read that track and he got saved, went home, led his whole family to the Lord and he became a preacher later. I went to school with him at Crown and here's what's amazing. That's an amazing story, isn't it? But you know when people's eyes are open and people get saved and people get right with God, if that is an amazing story for us, do you know why God opens their eyes and stories like that happens? Because you know who should get all the credit for that and who should get all the glory for that? He should. And so when we think about praying and asking God to open people's eyes, why? That they'll obey the Lord, they'll get saved, they'll trust the Lord. But third and greatly, look, we want God to open people's eyes. Why? Because Jesus gets bragged on. He can be glorified. It's not our preaching. See, when you pray for God to open up someone's eyes, that has nothing to do with our talent. It has nothing to do with our ability. It has nothing to do with any of that. It's all glory to God. Would all of you say amen? So I don't know about y'all, but tonight, I'm going to ask you, would you raise your hand? How many of you would commit with me to get a list? And look, you don't have to look around here long. You, you, you see the empty pews. You know people that's been here since you've been here. They're no longer here. What's happened? Well, I can't tell you for sure on every little incident, but I, I know a lot. A lot of them's just gotten back in the world. Their eyes have been blinded. Their lives are nowhere the same what they were. What's happened? They've been blind. What's the answer to that, Pastor? That God would open their eyes. Number two, you know people that are lost. They have no desire for the things of God. They need their eyes to be opened. How many of you tonight will commit with me that you'll get a list of people? It might be people you work with, people who's in, the, in here, whatever. But you'll commit with me tonight that you'll get a list of people and you'll just pray that short prayer. You'll be consistent and fervent in it. Lord, would you open up their eyes that they might see? How many of you would you commit with me tonight that you'll get a list of people? Would you do that? I, I really hope, pray. That's the whole application of the message. If we're here tonight and we are not motivated to pray for people for God to open up their eyes, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't even know what we're doing. Because I'm going to tell you all right now, people are not going to get saved just because we can teach and preach. I'm going to tell you right now, God has to open up their eyes for them to know the need that they need it. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. Let's stand to our feet tonight. With head bowed and eyes closed tonight. How many of you tonight, maybe just one of them tonight, you, you got that person, you're going to create a list, but tonight maybe just one, maybe two, you've got them in your mind, why don't you just pray that prayer right now? Lord, would you open up their eyes that they might see? Lord, would you open, and call their name out. You don't have to do it out loud, but you do it to the Lord. Call their name out and say, Lord, would you open up their eyes that they might see? I can give you some names. Roy Jones is one. That's my wife's brother. I haven't talked to him in a long, 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 long time. I don't even know where he's living. There's many. There's many. I'll give another one tonight. I'm going to throw his name out there. Chris Bolton. I would like for y'all to pray Chris Bolton. Chris Bolton. Lord, would you open up Chris Bolton's eyes that he might see. Y'all get the picture? 
Heavenly Father, I pray tonight that you will help us as we think about this truth. Lord, there's power in prayer because there's a God of prayer. And Lord, you desire to open up people's eyes that they might see. And Lord, we need spiritual wisdom. We need spiritual sight. Because Lord, I know the average person that's lost, they think this stuff's crazy. And Lord, we know the Bible tells us that the devil blinds people to the truth. So I pray that we will be faithful in praying to you and asking you to open up their eyes that they might see. I'll thank you for what you do. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great night. And uh, it is 8.02.